For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So I apologize for us being a little late on the minor league side of things. We were finishing up the Tiger, Woodward Tigers podcast is the Tigers swept. And we wanted to talk about that a little bit because they have an important road series coming up. And I say that because based off the, if you believe momentum as a thing, as a, as a tangible thing, Tigers are heading to Tampa, playing one of the best teams in the American league. And then they have to go to Cleveland and they have Minnesota who's in first place. But the AL central as a whole is just a giant crap show anyway, but either way, that's what they have to contend with. But uh, anyway, thank you for sticking around. We have a couple of people already who've been around here on our YouTube channel. Welcome to Tiger Minor League Report recap for week six. I'm Rogelio, songs, blah, Rogelio alongside Miss Chris Brown and intern David. As the right before the broadcast, we're uh, David was pretty excited about Ray, Reese Olsen's outing, which we'll get to a little later. The Lakeland Flying Tigers are on TV and they're almost a Clean sweep today, among other things, and some headlines. And Kerry Carpenter continues to break down in Erie. But, gentlemen, how are you guys doing? I'm doing well. How about you? Um, right. Doing pretty good. Um, I'm happy that Daz Cameron had a heck of a game today. And, uh, yeah, so um, overall happy with my minor league, minor league performance today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just uh, one of the big bummers that you know, this was the second week we've, we've gotten Lakeland on TV. And uh, of course, Christian Santana went down with an injury, so we didn't see him at all. And their entire offense kind of took the week off. There was very little, like I really wanted to go like, oh man, I'm going to clip a bunch of stuff. And there just wasn't much to clip, which is, uh, you know, that's just how it goes. But uh, uh, it's still nice to see these guys out there. You know, I saw some some hard contact and some interesting plays. But hmm. Yeah, Chris, we'll get, yeah, Christopher, good question. And we'll get to, there's a lot to get to around the minor leagues for the Tigers this evening. So again, it, it, you mentioned Lakeland too. I, I, I honestly thought it was going to be like a entire clip show of things, but I mean, Roberto Campos, Lancer Field made a nice catch. And I mean, he tilted all the way over <laughs> legs flew up and everything. And so we'll start in Toledo as the Mudhens were on the road. A couple of things about Toledo that were important this week is Casey Mize is starting on Thursday and Matt Manning starting on Friday. And yes, we'll get to that. And, there was a, a setback with Casey Mice, but let's talk about the offense a little bit in terms of what the bass look like there in Toledo, because that's important. Because Das is mentioned, David mentioned earlier, Das Cameron and Cody Clemens on the 40 man roster with Austin Meadows going down today on the IL, and also Victor Reyes, who now has a right quad issue instead of a left quad. They'll make their decision tomorrow on who they're going to send up. So, that being said, the Mudhens are night, they're, they're Playing very well as a team as a collective, but again, we've noticed that we if we mention the team, people just kind of give us a weird look. But it is important to mention that why today was uh, another reason why today is important was is that Elvin Rodriguez pitched pretty well, five innings, two hits, five strikeouts, and a walk, and the law. 
the law, the guy that we've kind of uh, had some jokes with. Derek Law. Derek Law is. Hey, um, fun fact about. Uh, I'm sorry. A fun fact about Derek Law. Uh, I don't know if you guys catch like um, MLB's like top ten right now shows that the network does. Mm-hmm. Um, of this is a while ago, a few years ago. Um, they had like a fan vote for the best relievers in baseball. And Derek Law was actually the representative for the fans in that list. It was like in like 2015 or something like that. Really? It was like he was like in the top six or ten for him. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, we got our guy. Yeah, apparently he has he has laid down the law yeah down there. But uh I, I'm sorry, I'm just keep having fun with the same. Uh but what was it what was in what was fun about Tay was Daz Cameron and Cody Clemens both had doubles. Daz Cameron had a home run. And also, Dustin Garneau, you know, it was kind of, he, was, he had a pretty good week down in Toledo, Chris. Yeah, yeah, he had three homers and two doubles, or uh, two doubles and three, yeah, three doubles and two homers. I, yeah, I mean, he's, some guys go back down to the minors and, uh, you know, don't uh, take it very seriously. I'm thinking of, I don't know, Jacoby Jones. Um, but, uh <laughs> Dustin Garneau, it's just like he's, he went down and he's making the most out of being able to play a bunch and, and really showing the power that that I think was the main reason that, not the main reason, but he's a catcher who can also hit for power. That was why A.J. Hinch liked him and kept three catchers for a while. And it just, he just kind of got squeezed out and had nothing to do with him, his performance. Uh, so that's good to see. And yeah, he, like it was a good week for the Mudhens. Generally, like if you're just talking about them, they they went five and one. At one point, they had won eight straight games. They won nine of ten. Uh, it's a nice stretch for them, but yeah, it was, it was probably most notable because of all the rehab that was going on down there, and and you know, Gil Badu was down there. He didn't play much. I think he had an illness of some sort. Yeah, he was he was sick. Yeah. Um, and and then Victor Reyes was down there tearing the cover off the ball, and of course he comes up, gets a nice hit, and then you know hurts his hurts his leg again. And Matt Manning looked like Matt Manning in his pitches, and uh, Casey Mize looked not great. And there's a reason he's heading back to Lakeland. Uh, it seems to me probably in lieu of some sort of procedure. Uh, hopefully nothing too serious, but uh, I think we're going to find out probably in the next week or two. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it was – go ahead, David. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say it's like um, I, I'm happy about Des Cameron. Like, uh, Chris, I, I have a feeling that he took what we said on the podcast last week pretty personally. <laughs> So he just goes off and um, increases betting average to 260 since the last time we talked, which I thought it was like 210 at the time. Mm-hmm. It was like 210, 214. So yeah, um, Ryan LaVarnway still getting it done. Happy happy to see, um, yeah, Daz Cameron's picking it up because you know he has like the athletic ability. Like you saw the, you saw the swing in his home run late in the game. That's, that's the one thing I respected was like um, he worked that at bat. I think it was like eight pitches or something like that. Yeah, it was nice to see. It was nice to see him put a good at bat together, and it, it um it it paid off for him at the end of the day. Yeah, in terms of even the, in, in terms of what Das Cameron needs to do, we've talked about this. Where last time he was up, he kind of had a lot of short at bats. Kind of seemed like he was pressed a little bit, trying to make an impression. I mean, I thought he had I thought he had a good spring. He did. Have, I thought he had a solid spring, and hopefully, we'll see that back. Either him or Cody Clemens. Cody Clemens has an advantage though because he can play third and second and the outfield. He can play three different positions, which serves as a really good utility thing to have. 
especially with, I mean, if Candelario is struggling, you put Harold Castro out there. Castro is not going to be your long term or a guy you can put in third base for multiple games. That case of point, when he made a play and throw over the first was somebody somebody messaged me like, "What was up with that throw at first? I don't know. He made the play, so I don't, you know, I got to well on the throw, but. Uh, Either way, it, the Tigers do have to make a decision, and we'll find out within 24 hours, well, probably less than that, 12 hours or so, what they're going to do with either it's going to be Das Cameron or Cody Clemens. But as far as anything else going on with Toledo, did anybody, in terms of minor, in terms of relievers, rather, did anybody stick out to you guys? I, I had Law marked down. Uh, who else did I have? Uh... The Law. Yeah, I had I had Law and Elvin Rodriguez pitchers who were kind of noteworthy, and I think we touched on them. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, it was just uh, they they took down. I mean, we know how bad the Reds are, and uh, and Louisville might not be much better. Yeah, I mean, we held we held Joey Votto hitless today. That's a, uh, I, I, we better be proud of ourselves for that. Over three with two strikeouts. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all jo- that's uh, that's just jokes but yeah um yeah. Ellen Rodriguez like I was really impressed by him today because like even watching him in Detroit first debut um yeah I was at that game and like you watched him pitch and it was like it was pretty impressive like he was getting the curveball over like he knew when to throw the fastball and not just in like early earlier in the counts and yeah it's like it's nice to see that he's like building off of his major league debut and putting together good outings yeah, I mean, he's probably going to get called into duty again here before too long. So it's nice yeah. to see him performing well, for sure. He'll be a good long guy in the pen. Mm-hmm. Law dog. <laughs> Jeremy in the uh, YouTube, yeah. YouTube chat. Yeah. yeah, it definitely is. But the So let's get down to Erie as Kerry Carpenter was sent back down at the beginning of the week, and he was like, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm just going to go Thank off. You. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know if he ever, because he was promoted to Toledo, but he never played in a game there. So I still wonder if he ever actually even left, if it was just like completely on paper promotion, uh, you know, for whatever reason. But, uh, you know, what, three home runs? He had a grand slam, right? Um, yeah, he's... Uh, he's yeah. Yeah, back on Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say, if anything for Erie, I'm going to say my farmer of the day today is, would he's got to be Andre Lipsius. It's like he hit kind of a scared to start of the year, but you know, going three for four, that's like I know there's a lot of two hit games looking at the box score, but yeah, it's like seeing Andre Lipsy is starting to put together some hits. That's it's nice to see. Yeah, you know, I mean, we, it's kind of like they, they were led by the veterans this this week with uh, Carpenter and Quincy Deporti. And then, but Daniel Cabrera like woke up for the first time this year, got his first home run. It was nice to see that, but but the bummer is like the three guys we care about there the most, really, from a prospect perspective. The, not so much. I think. Ding, uh, ding, ding, yeah, what did I have? So I, I've got it down here. Let's see. Uh, yeah, Workman was three for twenty with ten strikeouts. Meadows was four for twenty-four with eight strikeouts, and Dingler was two for twenty-one with nine strikeouts. So those guys just seem streaky as heck. And oh. uh, well, that's wait. I really, I keep waiting for Meadows to try to find that, you know, he looked so good for the first nine games of the year and it just kind of has disappeared since then. And it's really uh, kind of disheartening because it seemed like he had made a real legitimate chain. I'm not you're like closing the book on him. Yet. Sorry, I put the, I put the wrong. Yeah, I got I to edit that out better. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so 
So that's rough, but they uh, they're still playing pretty well. I think. What did they go four and two this week? Two and four this week against Akron, four, the Rubber yeah. Ducks. But yeah, in, in a lot of it, you know, their pitching has been great. Uh, and, and I don't know, they want to get into that a little bit. Can we get a round of applause for Reese Olson, who I feel is the double A farmer of the game today, along with Lipsius? Like he fantastic outing. Yeah, I mean, what perfect through four. Um, Five innings, one hit, ten strikeouts. Is that, is that right? No walk. Yeah, that's the that's the line. It's like, yeah, especially after last week. It's like I had to defend him a little bit last week, but um, yeah, it's like really showed what he's got today. And I feel like if he can continue this going forward, that he's gonna be a hell of a pitcher. Yeah, and and uh, you know we also they also saw it's just a solid stack on there. Austin Bergner perfect through five innings in a game. He actually completed six, which I think. I don't think any other minor league pitcher in the Tiger system has done that this year. At least not any of, like, maybe, like, an, an older veteran has done it, but not that I recall. Uh, and Adam Wolf was pitching well. It's just, yeah, it's a, it's a nice pitching staff down there. So, uh, you know, it, it's outside of Olsen. I'm not sure about the total, you know, like, future, major league future for most of these guys, but they're getting the job done, and that's pretty fun to see. Erie, it's been so long since Erie had like a very competitive playoff caliber team. I think they're in third place right now. They've, they've got a chance this year. Yeah, one. Yeah, one, one. I was going to say one game over 500. Um, last week they were under 500, right? I want to say. If they may have been, yeah, earlier, early in the week. Yeah. Yeah, so really, really coming up big right now. And um, Raj, I know you talked about it last week a little bit. Were you happy that Gerson Moreno got one hole out today? <laughs> Again, I don't. I'm really kind of curious how they are using him. Um, you look at some of the other guys using, like Ladwig's officially out of the bullpen now. He's not a starter anymore, and so I, I'm not sure what's what, what's going on. Maybe he might be there might be nursing an injury. I don't know, but there is one thing. There's Austin Bergner had a pretty good outing despite the loss. They lost five to four, I think it was on Thursday, and his final line was six innings, two hits. One run, eight strikeouts, a lot of the homers. So, but again, I, I, I'm looking for. Hopefully, we'll be able to see him this weekend. I'm, no, I'm pretty sure we might be missing a start, but. Well, let's see. He pitched Thursday, so he will probably pitch Wednesday. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe they'll get four rainouts. Um. Yeah, we'll see. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like Garrett Hill keeps doing what he's doing. It's it's just uh. It's if they get any kind of offense at all, they're usually got a good chance to win. Uh, Dane Myers was back. He was up in Toledo briefly. He came back, hit a home run the other day. Or was it today? He was today. They hit, they hit in game one, they hit three home runs, I think, off of uh, one of the Logan Allens. Yeah, Neoporte, Nia, Nia Myers, and Carpenter, they all went deep. Yeah, so it's, I mean, like again, those are the, the kind of the, the veteran guys providing the, the pop while the prospects uh, kind of have up and down seasons. Yeah, especially on the Workman side of things. You guys, you were talking about that earlier. I mean, Workman, this series was just, you want to, you want to, he had one good game, which was Wednesday. He had a pair of doubles. You know, he, had, he went two for four. He had a pair of doubles. But after that, it's been, he didn't, <laughs> looking at this now, he only had one hit the rest of the series. I was on May 15th. That was it. And yeah. so, go ahead, Chris. No, he's just a guy. He just doesn't make enough contact. And it's a real bummer because he's a great athlete. We were listening to uh, 
up in Lansing, one of the scouts up there was talking about, I think he went to Arizona State, like working right there. And he was talking about, you know, just the athletic bloodlines there. His dad played baseball. His mom was like a champion hurdler or something like that. Like a lot of tools there, but doesn't really matter. I mean, he's striking out at a 43% rate right now in double A, 43%. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you want so hard to root for Gage Workman because, you know, it's like he was drafted alongside um his uh, fellow corner infielder, Spencer, Tor- Spencer Torkelson, and um, went deep in spring training. Just, you know, like I said, it, he said he was somebody you want to root for, and um, hopefully you can get it together. But, you know, three, one for four with three strikeouts, that's that's a rough one to look at. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> All right. What happened? Sorry, there. I was. Yeah, I have to get some water here at some point. Uh, oh, but sorry, that's okay. I was like trying to keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, uh, yeah, I was. I was looking at a different tab, so I wasn't even looking at the screen. Uh, so because I was, I was going to go back. I'm looking to see like the history of strikeout rates in Double A. If any of these guys uh, ever made it, yeah. So there's not many over thirty five percent. Anybody who made the majors. As far as as far as Erie goes this week, they are back in town. They play the Fisher Cats, which is the, I still believe the New Hampshire. Yeah, New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah I think. Yeah. yeah, they're are they still in Toronto's Double A? Yeah, I think yeah. That, so we get, to see so yeah. Some, we get to see some really good, talented. Uh, Toronto's system is always talented. They got some good depth there. But is, is there anything else in Erie that stands out to you guys before we move on to West Michigan, which had a better week? Uh, did we talk about their other game in doubleheader? Um, the unfortunate L or no? no I did not talk about that. Go ahead. I mean, yeah, I not very much to tell. I mean, Wolf, Wolf had a Wolf had a decent start. Um, you have to narrow down the walks a little bit, but um, yeah, one run over four, three walks, two strikeouts. It's it, it's a decent outing. Like I said, I like to cut down on the walks a little bit, but that was um Gerson Moreno's one out outing. And um, yeah, two hit game for Navigato, but outside of that, um, nothing very major. Yeah, there's yeah. It, it, again, it, it, we're gonna see this with we're gonna see this with Erie. I think there's gonna be some up and down, but if they were playoff contending, that keeps the butts in the season. That's all that matters. Oh, speaking of Erie, by the way, I just wanted to mention. Oh yeah. Oh well, yeah. So okay, everybody, let's see this. Hello, Daniel Hasty. Good evening to you, sir. Good evening, evening, Daniel. All right, so what I have here. Thank you, Chris, for doing that. All right, so what I have here is thank you to Greg over at the Erie Seawolves there, who sent me a package. And what we're going to do is we're going to give this away. Give this away. Then I'm also going to give the blanket they had from last week. So pardon the crumpling sound, but yeah, this is the blanket. If you're watching us on YouTube, we have the blanket here, and then a Matt Manning bobblehead. So, mm-hmm. how do you get these okay. things? Here's how you, you get them. Money. <laughs> Wait, no, sorry. What? No, but uh, no. Here's what you're gonna do. You're going to we're gonna share the pictures of them, and then you're gonna like. And our goal is to get to ten thousand followers by the end of the summer. So, if you like, or if you haven't, of course, you should be liking our Twitter course but 
let people know about it. And if we get to 10,000, we'll pick a random winner and we'll give you a, a Matt Manning bobblehead, a cool Erie Seawolves winter blanket, or a coffee mug or water mug, depending on your choice of beverage. Keeps things cool. So, yeah. uh, say what? Just gin, straight gin. Oh, straight. <laughs> That's well, how, that's what makes a fun day at the ballpark, gentlemen. Well, if you're Sky Carp, uh, <laughs> fan, you might have needed some straight gin this week as the West Michigan offense decided to just back to back days. Well, not back to back days, but it was a it was a strange one game. The West Michigan decided to score the next after getting beat 14 to 3. West Michigan came back and won 13 to 3, but the West Michigan won the series four games to two. And we saw some pitching, and Chris, I'll let you take it away because I know you've been watching some Dylan Smith, and we got to see Musty Wilmer Flores stuff. Dylan Smith, yeah. So Dylan Smith had two two really good starts this week, week uh, yeah, with 10, 10 innings and only one earned run. But he's kind of like the uh, the minor league Bo Brisky at this point, where he he's not getting a ton of strikeouts. I think he had four strikeouts in ten innings, but he's also just not giving up runs. It's like, all right, go ahead. It it makes me wonder. Like it, it kind of takes me back to a long time ago when college pitchers would come into West Michigan back when they were low A, the John Connollys of the world, and just come in there and dominate because they were just too advanced. And it feels a little bit like that's what Smith is doing right now. Um, so I, I'm kind of curious to see how it's going to play when, when he moves up eventually. But it's nice to see him go out there and work two five-inning out, uh, five outings. And with Flores, yeah, they they uh, they bumped him up. I think it was his first five-inning outing of the season. And kind of more of the same, six strikeouts. You know, it's not like the insane – he was seemed like he was striking out two batters an inning for the uh, for the most part for the season, so it, it went down a little bit. But he's still super effective. And then it was uh, the, the bummer was the uh, the third member of that pitching trio, Matt or uh, Ty Madden, had uh, I don't know the worst outing of his professional career. Just got bombed up uh, by not a terribly good offense. So I, I don't know if he was working on something or he's just you know struggling to locate or what was going on. But other than that, I mean, it was it was strong pitching and. Their offense has, has remained pretty steady this year. Uh, not always as productive as you would like, but they've got some good offensive performers down there who've been putting up numbers all year. Yeah, um, I noticed that uh, Jake Holton came back to West Michigan for the game for the game today and just absolutely tore it up once again, mm -hmm. uh, two for four. Um, not my pick for farmer of the day. I'm going with Dylan Smith. Fantastic outing. He was he was efficient. Um, here. Yeah, right here, yeah. 42 pitches, 42 strikes for 62 pitches. That's um that's a that's pretty efficient. And I, I respect mm -hmm. it. It's like um it's a callback to um like for instance the Reed Detmer's no hitter. I'm uh, not gonna touch on that too much, but yeah, it's like you don't have to be throwing a pass guys to have a good outing. Yeah. And that's what Dylan Smith definitely showed today. Another person that had, the offense that had a good week was Winsteel Perez, who had three multi-hit games. And I know that we've been kind of, I, personally, I've been kind of scared to talk about Winsteel Perez in some ways, Chris, because we've seen this before where you have a good month. And, and we've talked about this with Hasty before, where he, he's a streaky hitter. But it to, just to me, at least, in terms of, you look at his overall main numbers, his main numbers don't stand out. He's hitting 236 for the month. But this week helped him perked up a little bit. But I don't know. I feel like I feel, and there's some, it was some discussions in Discord about whether or not he's 
hitting differently or not, but I don't know. It seems like he's figured out something. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just comfortable. It's age appropriate for the, the the level, and he definitely he's definitely hitting for more power in general, uh, both over the fence and just you don't know, get power. And he's looked pretty steady on defense, at least on the right side of the infield. I don't think he really should be spending much time in the left side of the infield. He, he has been, but I prefer him to second base. He made a couple of really nice plays at second base this week, including one that was like a, a fun little glove scoop and threw it with the glove. Um, yeah, it's you, you do feel like there might be a little bit of like a Parker Meadows thing here where, I don't know, it, it seems like he's ready for a challenge at the next level, but who knows? Uh, yeah, it's nice. He's been just a steady performer all all year for the most part. And, uh, you know, Colt Keith actually cooled off the last couple days of the week, I think. He may have had today off. Um, yeah, he's had But I think, I want to say he still led the team in OPS this week because he's just been, he's been on one for about three weeks now. Uh, and Ben Malgeri, you know, shout out to Trevor Huth, uh, one of his uh, kind of personal cheese balls. He's been <laughs> really, uh, really playing well of late. And, uh, so yeah, the offense uh, offense was working, and uh, you know the Sky Carp. I don't think are a terribly good team. I think they have about ten wins this year, but uh, yeah, the ten and twenty. Like we like we said with the Tigers and the and Orioles in the uh, in the big league podcast, you you take wins whenever you can get them, and this is the Whitecaps. I think their first series win since the first full week of the season. Yeah, I believe that that's correct, and. One of the things here's here's my far here's who I think should be considered among the players of the week across the system. That's Chris Myers, who's also absolutely crushing the ball on this level. And he to me, something I've noticed is opposite field power. Chris, it keeps coming through on doubles and the home runs. He's batting 320, 404 and 540 for the month of May and Yesterday, Zatter's game, he absolutely it was a two for, excuse me, he had a, was it, was it Friday? I can't remember the home run. I thought he had, a, no, no, it was early, early. I'm sure it was the first game of this. Maybe, no, I'm drawing a blank. Never mind. No, anyway. Yeah, I, you're right. He, he does seem to be hitting the ball to the opposite field a lot and, and showing power. He had two opposite field doubles uh, Saturday night. And it was kind of wild. He was like, you know, he's a, he was, a, I believe, a college senior when they drafted him. Maybe he was a junior. Yeah, I think he was a senior. Uh, maybe it was like a COVID senior or whatever. But can you expect a college hitter to perform like this? At least you kind of hope and in low A or in high A. But he, he had a really rough pro debut last year. I'm, I'm looking at his Lakeland right. stats. He hit 205 in Lakeland last year. 645 OPS. And he's up to 958 this year. So it's nice to see. I, I don't know if there's anything there like with – you know, double A and beyond, but he certainly has been a, a huge boon to the offense down there in West Michigan for sure. Oh yeah, I and mean, like uh, you guys mentioned, like you see him being able to hit to the opposite field so much better. And it's like that's the the one thing they teach you in school. The one thing they teach you, the coaching will teach you in spring training, is um being able to hit the ball in the other field, which like it's a lot harder than most of your average baseball fans think. Because like we even talked about it last week how that homework he had, he hit it like right on the screws of the bat and he hit it out. It's like, that's amazing to see. It's like, like I mentioned in spring training, it's like the, when the younger kids are in camp trying to get, show what they can do, it's like coaches will be more impressed with a line drive opposite field single 
than a pull home run. It's like when you're able to pull your hands in and really be able to adjust your swing to a pitch. That's like, mm-hmm. that's pretty impressive. And I think Chris Myers is doing a good job with that. Absolutely. And one of the things that you're talking about the pull the hands and it's just like almost like a squeal of excitement when that happens, especially if you do it yourself. Uh, so. Well, yeah. I mean, and that was one of the things that we've, we've kind of been most impressed with, with Cole Keith is that he'll hit hard line drives in any direction because he's confident enough to wait for a pitch and when uh, it got the bat speed to kind of fight it off. And but yeah, that, that's uh, definitely a good sign. And, you know, I'm keep an eye on Chris Myers for the rest of the year and see, see what happens. Uh, I, yeah, I thought Jake Holton's return to West Michigan was kind of quick, but I guess it was not necessarily a move. He was, wasn't promoted. I don't know, uh, based on like, you know, prospect status within the organization, they, I guess they just kind of had a need. And so, when they no longer had the need, it was back to West Michigan for him. Fell out the roster spot. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's for West Michigan, who in terms of wins and losses has struggled a little bit. This was a good series win for them as they are, I believe they're on the road next. Yeah. Cause it goes, usually goes home, home away, home away. And they are, uh, I'm drawing a blank on where they're going next, but uh, they are headed to Fort Wayne. Okay. Pin caps. I that's a nice looking facility. I gotta check that out sometime. So the in terms of where we go to Lakeland, Lakeland was on TV this week, and we mentioned it a little earlier. And they only they went one and five. They won the opener eight to four, and after that it was just been as Chris would go into a little bit about the, the lack of offense. And outside of there was a couple of close you know, Thursday or excuse me, Wednesday and Thursday were one run losses, but I, I don't know. Or mm-hmm. and Sunday too, but I yeah, don't today know. they, they had blew a late lead. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, it, yeah it, it's, oh, sorry, Chris. Yeah. No, go ahead, with like, I just want to say that was a pretty tough pill to swallow. I mean, it looks like a pretty good game. It's like you watch that um 10th inning for uh, Port St. Lucie. It's like, like, like I told you earlier today, it's like that's only a three pitch at bat the first inning to really blow it for Lakeland, which sucked. But um, yeah, uh, really quick before we move on, there's one stat I want to touch on with Chris Myers that I think is very impressive that I'm, I just found here is um, he's batting three, almost 330 on batting, uh, for his batting average on balls in play, which I want to mm-hmm. say is just astounding because like, you know, this calls back to the being able to hit the opposite field as well. Like if you can keep the swing plane flat and being able to hit line drives with authority to all fields, then that's, what's going to happen. You're not going to be getting under pitches and you're not going to be hitting into cheap outs. And mm-hmm. that's, that's an amazing thing to see, especially like you mentioned just for, for him struggling last year and being able to put up numbers like this, this year, that's some, that's noticeable. Yeah, no, and you could call there because one of the things that the Tigers would like, hopefully we'd like to see is to get Detroit, get some luck on some of the late round draft picks because in terms of a provisional standpoint, not just from a pitching standpoint. So, yeah, and my, uh, Michael Meyer in YouTube said that Isaac Pacheco had a good weekend. Yes, we are going to kick that off. Well, I've heard you, Chris. Go ahead. Yeah, no, Pacheco was probably their best offensive player down in, in Lakeland this week. Uh but he hit like 330 with a homer. Uh, I'm looking, let me look at the stats right now. Yeah, double and a homer, three walks, six for 19. Um, yeah, he, he's he's developed uh, pretty nicely this year as a, as a hitter. 
a lot of it, uh, you know, I was worried about him striking out too much, kind of striking out at like a workman like level. And he's kept it mostly in check and he's got a decent walk rate and his one home run. Again, we're talking about opposite field. His home run was to the opposite field. He just kind of, you know, powered it out down the, the left field line. And that's, that's legit power. Right? And uh, so that's nice to see. And um, we mentioned before that, that Christian Santana was hurt. So we didn't get to see him at all this week, which is a bummer, but I, you know, I, I'm kind of curious about Manuel Sequeira because you know, he was the guy who who really kind of came from nowhere last year and hit when I want to say 11 home runs or whatever. And was like, hey, what, what's all this about? And then he had uh, we saw him a little bit in the minor league kind of spring training, hit a home run off of Jackson Job. And uh, but he's another guy who's who the big issue with him was strikeouts. But he had a strong week and he is really and this could just be a completely fluky thing. So yeah, he was eight for twenty-two this week with three doubles. Only uh, only three strikeouts and one rock. Um, he struck out 21 times in 16 games in April, and he has got seven strikeouts in 11 games in May. So he either he's changed his approach or it's just a random you know thing. But but he seems to maybe have adjusted to the level of pitching there, and he's another guy who who's got the raw power, and I think he has some innate feel for for contact so if he can cut down on the strikeouts then there might be something more there than we thought you know i kind of viewed him as a fringe top 30 prospect just because of the strikeouts and i you know with, with all these young infielders it's, it's always tough to project them to stick at shortstop like i don't think pacheco is a shortstop i don't think santana is a shortstop i think Tequera has the best chance of those three but i'm guessing he's not a shortstop either so uh but he, he had a good week and that's fun to see another uh <laughs> I know he's been playing a lot of the infield too, but it's another work. Uh, it, Carlos Mendoza. I, I mean, he yeah. went for, you know, he's been off to a little slower start, but still he was playing a little bit. He played left field today. He had a two hit game on Thursday. So that it, he's still, I don't know. Like, I, I can't wait to see this guy in person, but it, when you show one of his clips, Chris, I, it cracked me up because he was, He's he's my height, but he's just like he looks so. He looks like a little kid out there. He really does. He's twenty two years old. He's a he's a man, but he is fast on the first base line. Yeah, it it like he seems like a, a guy like you don't see him on prospect list, but he's endlessly fascinating to me because he puts the bat on the ball. He walks a ton. He doesn't have like a ton of power, but he he can slap it around and uh, cause some havoc on the bases. And yeah, he just seems like a, a guy who is going to be part of winning teams to me. Uh, in the future, I don't know. I mean, Lakeland isn't particularly a winning team right now, but I don't. I wouldn't blame him for that. <laughs> I think there's a lot of all-or-nothing hitters down there, and even beyond the guys we talked about, you know, some of the the previous prospects and other guys who were didn't get quite as big bonuses in the international market. They're they're making up the bulk of that roster right now. But yeah, Carlos Mendoza looks like he's a really fun player to watch. So yeah, I think you're gonna enjoy that. Yeah, and I'm calling this stat back about um Mendoza. He is currently hitting. 431 on balls in play this year so that is like that's a very impressive stat like even though yes he's hitting 333 this year with like Linton, but like for nearly hitting the ball in play and getting getting on base half the time that's like that's a that's pretty mm-hmm. that's a pretty interesting stat to look at yeah there's in terms of among, among the offensive stats that would stand out this week I wanted to ask you guys about Roberto Campos, who had a really who played center field, did a pretty good job. Like we said, we got the defensive play 
up on our channel, but Campos hasn't, again, the whole power, that's part of his profile, but lot, he had a 402 foot or 100, 100, 100 foot out. Is that right, no, Chris? Yeah, I think he had a 400, and, 400 plus foot out or a 400 foot plus foot double. Uh, yeah, what's, what's, we had somebody ask us last week, and we're going to try. I, I need to do the Monday mailbag for the uh, minor league website. Uh, somebody was like, hey, what's up? Why does he only have one home run? So I went through and, and looked at all his batted ball data, and he hits the ball really hard. Like I saw one today where he, he hit a hard line drive, but it was right at the first baseman. It was just like just really bad luck. I think he had one hit this week. Just just a, a rough week. Uh, and his issue is that he hits the ball on the ground way too much. His, uh, so his average exit velocity was like 90.7, 90.5 when I looked at it, which is like 70th percentile for major league hitters. It was like the same as Miguel Cabrera's um, this year. Uh, so, you know, we want to compare yourself to 38-year-old or 39-year-old Miguel Cabrera, but he still hits the ball pretty hard. And, and it was... Uh, right along the lines of Yandy Diaz, who has always been known as a guy who hits the ball hard, but his launch angle is under three degrees, average launch angle, which is just, you know, tons of ground balls and, and low line drive. And that's something that they can work on. Obviously you want to, you want to help a guy build some loft in the swing. And right now I think you want to focus more on making contact, but if he can't, you know, get more loft out of the swing down the road, then yeah, it's going to be tough for him to carve out a role because you're just not going to, there's no slug on the ground, right? You're not going to hit for a ton of power if you're pounding it into the dirt every time. So, but I think, you know, again, like the third youngest player in the league, I think you have to be encouraged by him hitting the ball so hard, even if it's not going for hits just yet. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, sorry, Raj. Um, yeah, the one, yeah. Hitting 321 on balls in play this year. Uh, the thing is about hitting ground balls. It's like, I guess the, uh, it's not really pro per se, but the only problem in a take house is, is um, it's a very it's a very coachable thing to attempt to get over. Is like it could literally be as simple as just like if you're gripping the bat like this when you're holding it, it could literally just be as simple as doing that, mm-hmm. or like if anything, just like starting your starting your hands in a different spot when you're standing at the plate, which like you don't want to make a major adjustment like that, but like that could. You were talking about adjustments, especially with like Sequoia earlier. It's like. Literally, it could just be the simplest thing like that, and you can yeah. start to see a little bit more of a fly ball rate. But yeah, it's like it does it. Is it unfortunate to see a lot of ground ball outs and like a lot of low line drives? Yeah, but um, it for from my baseball experience, that's a that could be easily fixed. I feel, and I think he can start to put it together later in the season. So, correct me if I'm wrong, David. When you have it, when you do the way you grabbed it there, that allows you not to topple. On the ball so much, right? And as you get more loft, we just well, do that simple adjustment. Yeah, like you have, a bat, you have a bat right there, dude. You gotta show that bat. I mean, you know, yeah, no, so. that's why that's why I'm backing up here. But yeah, it's like um, I uh, it's hard to say, but like you're holding the bat like this when you're coming through on the ball, like mid's path. Like, of course, the one time I don't have a ball here, but it's gonna hit the bat like here. Like if this is the middle, yeah, it's gonna hit the bat like right in the bottom. Because when you're coming through on it, the bat, the barrel of the bat's going to be going up like that. And that could be it. Not going to say that's it, but yeah, it's like more, you hold the bat more with like your middle knuckles aligned like that. It's like the head of the bat's going to be a lot more flat like that. And that could give you a better chance to hit it on the top half of the barrel. 
So, okay. and I think we've seen, uh, we haven't seen Victor Reyes a ton this year, but when we have seen him, he, he's altered his batting stance. And like you said, everywhere, basically where he holds the bat uh, now in an attempt to hit for more power, put more loft under the ball. And it seemed to be working. Uh, but again, we haven't seen a ton of uh, him playing yet to, to make that, you know, <laughs> make that uh, determination that it is going to last. Uh, but yeah, the, the, much like uh, Jackson Job's mechanics, which somebody criticized, some people criticized. Uh, it, um, when you're talking about teenagers and low A ball, Calm down, Raj. they're uh, they are uh, they're multiple years away from the big leagues, and you hope they get there. There's a long way, uh, but there's also a ton of learning. There's a reason there are four full season minor leagues. Like, there's a lot to learn between now and the big leagues, and a lot of that is refining your mechanics. Um, you know, like you don't draft high school pitchers because they have impeccable command for the most part. That's just not what you're drafting high school pitchers for. You, you're drafting them for the ceiling, what what their arm can do, and you try to teach the command part. You know, sometimes they're guys with with really great command at a young age. We see like a Rick Porcello was really advanced in that regard. He was but, drafted uh, in high school uh, too, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 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 Porcello was in the big leagues, but like uh, before he turned 21, yeah. like early as a 20 year old, because he just, he was that advanced with throwing strikes with all his pitches. They weren't bat missing pitches, but he was good enough to throw strikes. That's very, very rare. Most high school pitchers, you're, you're banking on them, improving their stuff and, and improving their command. Jackson Job's raw stuff is bigly ready basically he just doesn't know how to harness it at all right now and that's what he's going to have to learn over the next couple of years and he had a good outing three innings 28 pitches i think only two strikeouts which uh people flip out about but again this is this whole year is going to be about learning for him it's about learning how to locate his pitches learning how to get his mechanics in order learning how to read hitters learning how to finish off hitters all that stuff he's he's a very if if it is, it, yeah. I don't know the, the proper metaphor there, but he's a guy with this this incredible arm and not a whole lot of knowledge or experience using it. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess the right term to say about it is like, at least my personal opinion with high school high school pitchers being drafted is that they're they're pretty much like wild mustangs. It's like, um, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, but the one thing I like to say about high school players is that they're very moldable. It's like they're very coachable guys if they if they have the right mindset. It's like because you don't have the throwing programs and all the different uh, facets of baseball that they had young in college. It's like they can shape you around their organizational philosophy. And like the one thing I like to see better with Joe was like, this is something I wrote about him recently was um, like he need, I'd like to see him use the breaking stuff a lot better for strikeouts. Like, you know, I know he has the slider, but he also mm -hmm. has the change up in the curveball. Like I know he's been getting that over a little bit. But it seems like he's not really, it's not really fooling guys. It's like it seems like they're hitting they're hitting the ball a little bit off the curveball and change up in some of the starts. But yeah, the the fastball and slider are definitely there, which is I know that's what he got drafted for. But um, yeah, if he can start getting that curveball over, then well, and to me, it looks like hitters recognize a lot of his breaking balls pretty quickly. Like, and I don't know if that's you know popping out of his hand or different you know they're tipping his pitches or stuff like that. But it's like just remember. Derek Skubal has changed his pitches in the last two years as a big leaguer. Like he's been, he's been growing and adapting and getting better in the big leagues. So a guy in, in low A ball is not going to be nearly 
close to a polished uh, product as anybody thinks. But you know, fans fans want to complain and they want to you know point to position players because that's what they wanted and. They're impatient. They, nobody has the patience to wait. This for is going to be a pain in the ass. Uh, excuse my French, but I'm starting to get annoyed here. Yeah, that sounds about right, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, as a collective about the whole Job thing, in, yeah. in terms of how his development's going. I mean, it, I I have no problem with the way it's going, and it's going to take him some time. He does. There is some big league stuff there. It's just a matter of, like you said, Chris, harnessing it right. Uh, who has been harnessing right lately? Segue into Jose de la Cruz, who had a yep. he has had a he had a bad start to April, bad just two eleven heading in the May, but he had a pretty good series too. Yeah, homer and a double. He's been hitting for I think he leads them in power this year. He's uh he's always been a a big power guy, and uh, I think the home run he hit was like a no doubter, like he'd do it immediately, and uh, um. With the Tigers, Michael Meyer with the Tigers. Sorry, we, we got sidetracked by a question here. Um, no, I, yeah, would would the Tigers take Joe one one if they had the number one pick in the twenty twenty one draft? Unfortunately, I would have to say no because no, I don't think so. Yeah, no. Jack Le- they, Jack Leiter is absolutely lighting up the board right now for Frisco. I think. Yeah, I, I would say he's playing for Frisco, but yeah, he's doing doing pretty good for himself. They would have gone, yeah. I think they would have gone lighter. Um, and it, it's part of part of it is that the uh, there, there's never been a high school pitcher, right-handed high school pitcher, go, that went one-one. Um, there had never been a uh, first baseman who went one-one either, and there still haven't hasn't because Spencer Torkelson was drafted as a third baseman. So, like, it would be funny if they they drafted Jackson Job one-one and just said, yeah, shortstop Jackson Joe. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, we're going to do, we're going to give them two at bats and then we're going to switch them to the mound. Uh, but yeah, I don't give think the they will on that route. I, I think everything we heard and, and we've heard since then was that the Tigers weren't even like everybody wanted them to take Marcelo Meyer, but they, that he was not their second choice. Their second choice was Brady House. Uh, and so who's also been off to a great start, but nobody talks about Jordan Lawler, who was off to an amazing start. Blowing all these guys yeah. away. He was the guy who was the number one shortstop prospect heading into the draft for much of the year, but he struck out a little bit too much in high school. People got worried. Uh, and now Arizona is loving it because he's he's crushing it. So um, you know, it was a great it was a great class for high school shortstops and high school infielders. And there were there were guys, uh Carson Williams, I think, went later. Jackson Merrill was a kid from like Baltimore that I really liked that I wanted them to get in the supplemental round, and I think the Padres got him in like the 28th pick or something like that. Isaac Pacheco was off to a great start to his pro career. Like, I don't know, like why people are so obsessed with, uh, with Marcelo Meyer is kind of beyond me, but uh, I guess maybe he's just a few hall of famer and everybody can see it uh, right now. Yeah. No, so. uh, Raj calling back to your um, take about Jose De La Cruz. I just did the math on it. And um, so far, the so far in the last week, he is, um, I think it's like eight for, I think I think the math was like eight for twenty one. So that's certainly a good call on him. But yeah, um, yeah, it's like Chris touching on what you said. Um, it's like I think everybody wanted Joe Lawler or Meyer because like you know it's rare to see um prep shortstops with a little bit of pop because usually you see guys like that when they're in high school and they're just kind of stirring mm-hmm. beans and are really good on defense. But yeah, it's like. It, when when you start to see mechanics being put together in high school, and especially like 
Um, Marcelo Meyer really put himself on the map. I think it was in spring training this year. Um, can't remember who the Red Sox were playing, but he put together, I think it was like a 13 pitch at bat. Like he showed like elite plate discipline. And I think that's what made the fans a little bit more upset. But um, yeah, like one thing you have to remember about the, the high school prospects is that, especially with Joe, like he is young. He's only made five, like what, what is it, five starts, four or five starts? It's, yeah, it's 10 innings, yeah. 10.1 innings, I think. Yeah, 10 innings. He's young. He seems coachable. It's like, it's going to take time. And yeah, it's like looking at watching video on the fastball and slider, it's like the spin rate is like elite. Like, I'm pretty sure that's like what got him on the board in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's like his spin rate was comparable with like major league numbers now. It's insane. Um, yeah, fastball is good. It's like, it's going to take time to harness it, Chris, like you said, um, getting the other two breaking pitches over. But yeah, it's, I'm, um, it really, like, I know, like, I'm going to be guilty in saying that um, my my face got a little red when I saw him go with number three overall. But um, after after slowly catching on, like, honestly, I, I think we got a hell of a player here. Yeah, I mean, time will tell. Anybody can get hurt or get vertigo or whatever. So, but my main thing is, like, just give the kid time. This isn't. I don't know. It, it's kind of it reminds me of like like college football recruiting or something like that, where people learn about these guys before, like two years before they're actually ready to even contribute, and they're like, "What's wrong? Why does he look so bad?" It's like you could. He was at high school a year ago. He was pitching against like kids who are uh, like you know worried about their bake shop homework. This is this is a big leap. It's embarrassing to see that too, especially when people look at a box score versus video. If it's one thing you saw a video making conclusion, that's fine. But to go after box score, you're full of crap. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, you're full of crap. And as far as the general, it, there was a lot of offensive because I know Miss correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. I think last year they were mentioning that this draft class, the 2023 one, wasn't going to be as good as the 2020. Or excuse me, the 2022 one was not going to be as deep as the 2021 one. Correct. Before you well, yeah, I mean, it, part of it because 2020 draft was was five rounds that there were there were an abnormal number of kind of fourth year players that were Charlie has checked into the show uh, like fourth year players who were building the draft. But the next this this year's draft and next year's draft are uh, they're all deeper than usual because more guys ended up in college than you would expect from the five round draft uh, teams were just not taking many chances. So you see guys like Dylan Cruz or whatever, make it to, to campus. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, uh, I'm going to go yeah, ahead so, and mute myself yeah. to the dog. I don't know what he's doing. Sounds like he's hammering something. I was going to say, I didn't even recognize it. Usually it's a squeaky toy, but in this case, <laughs> he's building a doghouse for himself, but uh, no, it's uh, outside Here of that. Is. In terms of pitching, oh, that's what it was. Got a water bottle and he's just doing it like crazy. So sorry. In terms, uh, in terms of pitchers, the only one I wanted to mention was Garrett Brehan, who pitched in the I think it was yeah, an opener, which he got the win for. Was there anybody else there in terms of pitching before we got out of here that stood out outside of him? Yeah, Brent Herter had uh, had a great game on Saturday night. Nine strikeouts. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. 
He's a, a lefty. I don't, was he their sixth rounder, seventh rounder last last year? Out of Georgia I want to say, yeah, it's a sixth rounder, I think. He, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's a, a veteran, but he's he's got some really interesting. Like I just looking at him right now, he's a big dude. I think there's some potential there to start, but I think he he might make it as a lefty reliever. He's got a really good slider, decent fastball, and his changeup's fine too. But I think the slider is going to be the weapon for him. And I, I could see him carving out a role as a big league reliever down the line. It's just kind of – I'm kind of surprised he's not up in West Michigan, to be honest with you. But they had so many pitchers, and uh, they wanted to get everybody innings. And, and at a certain point, you kind of just, you know, you put them where you can. And he's a guy who was coming back from injury too. So, But, uh, yeah, I mean, he was outstanding. They couldn't do much against him. So he, he's a, a you know fun one to keep an eye on over the next year or two. Yeah, especially his, the, the Tigers, they signed a, a guy out of the Pirates system, minor league pitcher to Toledo. I think it's Sam Howard. Yeah. Sam Howard. So they're gonna they're gonna try to harness a way to do that. So it's good to see the Tigers going pursuing lefties because until last year, or even heading into this year, they it seemed like a little lack of depth across the, across the way. I think they only had two or three total. Even now, so, it's like we're still struggling a little bit. So like, yeah, I think even. Erie and lefty between Erie and Toledo between the two of them. I think they only have like three left-handed pitchers. I want to say, Kirk yeah, Adam Wolf. Wolf. Yeah, Wolf. Yeah, and, and um, Miguel Toposo, Adam Wolf, and maybe one other guy. Well, there was it was JT Perez was a lefty, I think, right? Maybe, yeah, maybe not, maybe. but yeah. he gone. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Herder. The, the, you can look at the stuff. It's uh, a fastball that's up to like 94, 95. It sits at like 92, 93, which is fine for a lefty. And the slider, he threw, he got 10 swings on the slider on Saturday and seven of them were oh. whiffs. So, like, yeah, they weren't making contact. And a couple with this changeup, too. So, I don't know. He's just, like I said, he's a guy that they keep an eye on down the road. I, I, it wouldn't shock me maybe if at some point they have him swap with Jordan Marks. Who was kind of doing tandem starts with uh, was he doing tandems with with Flores I think and uh, yeah and no, that's correct yeah he was the last couple of times he's just kind of been working out of the bullpen and I don't know if they want to keep developing him as a starter but but uh, yeah anyway so Herder Burhan interesting pitches and, and Carlos Pena had another decent outing too so he's a, another lefty right yep yeah that's the other one that he was. I think it was he was there. It was left over from last year in that rotation, I believe, too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think he's fairly young. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of um. It kind of reminds me of Jose Quintana for some strange reason. Hmm. Well, Shorter work out. Okay. Yeah, I, I take it's that out. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's just in terms of appearance or the way, the way he pitches. But was there anything else, gentlemen, before we get out of here? the evening that I'm missing, but I think we've covered it all. We covered a lot of ground this evening. Unless there were any other questions that we missed. That we oh, missed. Uh, Michael mentioned too, uh, Totorsa is a lefty. Christian Tortosa, yeah. yeah. He, he's been around forever, it seems like, and I, I never, never seems like he does much of anything, but yeah, he is, it's true, he is a lefty down there. Um, and um, the one, okay. one thing I want to say, Lachlan. Oh, sorry, Chris, um, one thing, one thing I want to say, Toledo, you're saying, um, High school lefties are pretty down the list of needs, is, um, or high school righties, excuse me. Um, at least in my opinion, if you guys have a change of thought, feel free. But like, you can never ever have enough pitching. That's just in my. You can never ever ever have enough pitching, and like, because that's that's what I'm saying. It's like between um, 
15 and between 15 and 19, didn't we take a picture every year, except for with the exception of Riley Green? Yeah, it, it was uh, yeah. Burroughs, Manning, Bido, mine. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to my baseball cohorts, and they were like, "Yeah, it's like, where's the offense?" And like, would I like to see take a hitter in the draft? Yeah, but like, it what would have happened if, God forbid, but like, what would have happened if half those guys didn't work out? It's like well, you know, it's, that that always happens. So, in my opinion, you can never ever have enough pitching. Yeah, the the it is interesting because. The Tigers have gone a little bit against the grain in that regard now, where, where a lot of teams seem to be focusing on, and the Tigers have done this as well, where, where teams are now finding pitchers everywhere, anywhere and everywhere. They're finding them in the United Shore, like Independent League. They're finding them in the 27th round of the draft. They're finding them. God, they, the, the Angels started Chase Silseth the other night. He was an 11th round pick last year. 11th rounder last year, and he made a, he, he's got to be the first player from the 2021 draft to reach the major. Yes, 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 he, he was. Yes, he, he, he was is. an 11th rounder, and he did well. He's like a fastball up to like 98. It's like, what? So, te- teams are getting so good at finding pitching everywhere. I always compare it to like in, in football, where teams just find running backs wherever they'll find them off the street. Um, but if you want to, you know, there's you could there, there's something to be said for zagging while other people are zigging, you know, if the Tigers want to continue to, to spend high draft picks on arms they really like, more power to them. I don't know, because they don't have a great history of developing hitters anyway, so maybe just lean into what you're good at. Exactly, yeah, just like I touched on with Woodward, Woodward Tigers last week, but yeah, um, Tigers are really good at developing young starters. It's like, with the exception of Boveros, but we'll leave that one in the past, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, stick to your strengths. It's like Angels. What was the year they took a pitcher in every round of the draft? Was that last year or the year that before? Last year, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, including uh, Adrian's own Mo Hanley, another lefty that a guy that I wanted the Tigers to go get, but uh, you know, I guess yeah, if the Angels are taking all the pitchers. What are you going to do? My final oh, thought. Yeah. My final thought. Don't give up on Jackson Job. <laughs> if anybody's giving up on Jackson Job right now, they should just you know, they should. Give up on a lot of other things. Give up on watching sports. Oh, fans um, gave up on him after we drafted him, Chris. That's, that's what true. I feel like. Yeah. Well, they gave. Well, you know. But we'll see. Well, you know, the odds are that it won't work out the way that the Tigers want or the fans want because it's for you know it's a long developmental process and things often go astray. But he he very well could work out and be a very dominant pitcher down the road. So we just have to give him time. That's my main thought. Uh, and I was hoping you'd have more trivia for us, David, because that was fun. And I, what were we going to call it? We were going to call it Wood something. Oh wait, the what trivia segment. I wanted to, I wanted to do a trivia segment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it we were going to call it? Wood. Uh, yeah. Was it uh, Wood bites uh, or I don't know. What. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. The trend. Yeah, well, we can discuss this yeah. off the. Yeah, we'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, next week we should, David. You should come and bring the trivia. That's uh, that was fun. That's gonna be part of the show. Yeah. That was, yeah. You know what? Yeah, no, we'll, we'll make it best. part of the, Yeah, no, you you, yeah. you you did a really good job with it on the fly. And so more minor league trivia coming up. But thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks uh, on YouTube, by the way. This was one of our highly viewed shows. We really appreciate it. And please subscribe to the Woodward Tigers one because I can't, unfortunately, well, that's not unfortunate. We have Woodward Tigers as a separate thing. So that being said, please subscribe to that and check in our live shows. We had a, one on Thursday in the studio, and it was fantastic. 
and yeah, it was it's really good energy. So please subscribe to the Woodwood Tigers channel. Also go to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Tigers Minor League Report. And a shout out to Emily Walden, who I saw and talked to on Friday for the Pick Out the Park Breast Cancer Awareness. It was good to see her there. And it was, yeah, she was a good story. She got, she got to throw out the first pitch. So how's she doing? She was doing good. She was doing good. That's good. Uh, so, but more, like I said, weeks will be in Erie this weekend, starting on Friday. We'll be there Friday night through Sunday evening. And then we'll be heading back. But uh, yeah, we got stuff to give away. We're going to do more pictures about it tomorrow. And I appreciate all the comments in there. Toledo, Jeremy Anderson. Yeah. Uh, there was a and, gentleman and, earlier in there. Oh, Christopher, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, you guys. Yeah, no, in Toledo, we do uh, occasionally go back. And I probably will do a piece this year looking back at the 2017 draft because it's been five years. And and oddly enough, it's just now starting to work out for the Tigers a little bit with Fido and Will Vest. That's basically how, all they have left from the 2017 draft. But uh, yeah, it's fun. Sometimes it's fun to go back and go, oh, man, I remember I thought that guy was going to be a prospect. And then, like, he disappears at double A. So, well, we'll, I think, you know, we can handle some of that for sure. Yeah, the Stephen Moya syndrome, we'll call it or something. (laughs) 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 All right, everybody. I mean, I swear, I mean, it could be just me, but I felt like Stephen Moya was kind of jammed down her throat like it's the next big thing. Uh, Really fast. um, Fun fact about Stephen Moya. Uh, I'm sorry, I'll keep it quick, but. um... God, this had to be like circa 2014. MLB wrote an article um, comparing Aaron Judge and Stephen Moya. Yeah, well, I mean, if if memory serves, yeah, it's like it was literally just some um, both, both really tall, strong, power hitting outfielders. And yeah, it's like MLB did a piece talking about Aaron Judge and Stephen Moya and what one would be a greater impact on their major league clubs. So, well, I mean, there's a reason. Happened. But yeah, that's the reason why I call him prospects. Yeah, like Stephen Moya absolutely had as much raw power as Aaron Judge. Uh, and yeah. Aaron Judge didn't go first in the draft. I don't even, did he go like 28th? He may have gone in the second round because teams didn't know what the hell to do with him. What do you do with a I six foot eight outfielder? I want to say he um, went late first round. Or, um, yeah, I feel like it was like 28th in the draft. But uh, no, people at West Michigan still talk about a home run that Stephen Moya hit basically to the river. Like, he yeah. just had enormous power, and, and it, like when you see something like that, you get excited. But then you have to look at the thirty-five percent strikeout rate, and then his defense just completely disappeared in, in in the majors. Like he he was a decent defender when he was younger, and then just turned into basically a DH. And uh, anyway, Aaron Judge went thirty-two overall in the com- uh, compensatory round. Yeah, out of Fresno, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah but, so, um, and yeah, I remember. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, just last thought is that that giant year that Stephen Moy had at Erie, where he hit like forty four home runs. That was a, I think that's what put him on the map. But yeah, yeah, and maybe that's what it was. And I just remember still going, okay. I mean, it's just yeah. I mean, there there were always a huge number of red flags there, but it was like yeah. that was the Tigers farm system back then. That was basically what they had, you know. Yeah. Stephen Moya, Dixon Machado, a little bit of sizzle. That's it there. So at any rate, guys, we'll see you next week. Have a good week, everybody. We'll we cap next week. Uh, or like I said, Friday we'll be there in Erie, and hopefully maybe I'll, everybody that lives out that way will be able to see us. So until then, yeah. have a good week. Yeah. yeah. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, 
There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.